0: My people, my people, my people, my people, my people. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to another edition of Don't Forget to Flush podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I am super excited because this one is one of the bucket list items. This is something that I've been looking forward to. And I finally have the pleasure of introducing to the show and welcoming her to the show, um, the woman, the, the entertainment maestro, the legend, award-winning actress producer director singer on air personality ceo podcaster entrepreneur all-round superwoman and one of the most recognizable faces and entertainers in the african community Ladies and gentlemen, I have Stella Damasas in the building. <laughs> Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me. Thank you.
0: Hey, my man, I'm just like, my entire community will be like, how did you convince Stella to be on your podcast? This is amazing. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. And we're in the city of Dallas. This is Dallas all day. Yep. yep. You know, fun, funny story, some people don't even know that you live in the U.S.
1: Yes, a lot of people still don't know I live in the U.S., let alone where I live in the U.S., so... It's intentional, though.
0: Okay, well, I did not found out because, <laughs> yes. because I'm right here in Dallas with Stella Damascus. So let me get this out of the air, first of all. It's not Stella Damascus.
1: No, it's Damascus. There's no C in my name. It's D-A-M-A-S-S-U-S, D-A-M-A-S-U-S, Damascus.
0: But for the longest, that has been like the.
1: I know it's a it's it's an unusual last name to have, and the only thing that sounds familiar is Damascus in the Bible. So yes. they just assume that it has to be Damascus, Damascus. So, but it's not; it's Damascus.
0: Okay, so at least everyone who's listening right now. Um, has gotten the correction. If if they haven't gotten it all these years, all these years that you've been performing, we've just finally sorted it out. I truly want to appreciate though um, the opportunity that you've given me to actually have you on the show, and a big shout out to um, your PASA team, team Stella, lead mm-hmm. um, Rumer Edge, um, the cinematographer extraordinaire. <laughs> you know that's what I think <laughs> of her for making it happen. So I really, I really appreciate you. And, and so to help our listeners, right you Know, understand all this hype that I have and all this excitement that is sipping out of my body that I have here on the show. Um, let me let's help them have your ha- having context. Hmm. How big of a star? <laughs> 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 you know, I was gonna go there. No. Help, how big of a star? Because it's like everyone knows you from all the movies that you've been in. So, let me ask you this then what would you say about the location? where you would say you got the most influence? Where has influenced you the most? Was it, you know, Benin, Asaba, you know, all these places where you've lived in or grown, or maybe it was in college, wasn't in school. Where would you say you had your your most influence that has impacted you now that to mm-hmm. who you are?
1: Um, they're actually, let me start with Benin. There are actually two of them, and they're very important. I don't want to leave one out because mm-hmm. they shaped me. I was born and raised in Benin, Edo State. And one of the things that that, city taught me was
2: resilience.
1: know mm. people are stubborn. They know, I tell them all the <laughs> time, all oh, my Edo friends they're stubborn because I grew up there. So, But they taught me to be headstrong,
0: strong-willed.
1: Mm. What I want to do, I do it, regardless of you know who says no, who gives me a chance or not. I just go for it. That's one thing that being raised in Edo State did for me and it shaped the woman that I became. Mm. Um, another place that impacted me was Lagos. Mm. Lagos is the most interesting place when it comes to hustling, like being able to hustle hard, (laughs) especially knowing that the competition is fierce. And I always say, if you can survive in Lagos Lagos. and thrive in Lagos, there's Mm -hmm. no place in the world that you cannot survive in. So so that really, really made a huge impact in my life. It changed me, raised me, Mm. because an environment can raise you. You yes know. sometimes your family will raise you well balanced but not as tough as the streets <laughs> so people see me they think oh Ajabor, she was no i when i got to lagos
0: you you came from the two two cities yeah. that that if you came from one people will be like it's okay
1: so imagine the combination i was born in benin mm. raised i lived in lagos hustling mm. And I'm an Igbo woman.
0: <laughs> <laughs> as of, stand up. Let's go. Because that's where you're from. Yeah. You're from Asaba, yeah.
1: Yeah. So having that, those three combined in one person, man, it's... Uh...
0: Now, now, now we understand. <laughs> now we, but speaking of, speaking of family, though, was your acting something that your parents and siblings supported? Or what was that like? What was growing up like with, you know, now versus what it was like growing up, yeah?
1: I didn't get the support that I thought I would get, you know, and it wasn't their fault. My parents didn't, at that time, didn't understand the concept of you just going from one location to the other with different people, especially when there'll be men. <laughs> when Talk about men. Nigerian
0: parents, eh? and, it, and their daughter. Yeah. Say they are men. Where did you exactly. say you are say shooting? What? What are they shooting? And
1: I started even before I went to university. Mm. So it was. Are you crazy? You want to start following you don't want men? To do medicine. You don't, you're now hey. following men. My father thought <laughs> I was going to do medicine, so I did uh, science oh, courses. Yeah, I did. Sci- he paid for me to do science courses in my GC. Mm-hmm. And then jump, But I paid for myself to do arts because he didn't know I was studying Ooh. for the arts. So I did the sciences one. Didn't pass very well intentionally, but did very well in the arts. Then when he got to choosing a course, they still forced me to do business and industrial law as a diploma course, then go to second year. Mm. But I refused. I did the diploma and, and in law, but I didn't do it in my degree. I decided to go to theater arts street because wow. I'm like, I'm done. So the support was not there. We fought all... Oh,
0: how about your siblings, though? Was it like your siblings saying, uh, we can see it in her? Or I'm about to make you rat them out right now.
1: Oh, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to. They're used to it. They did not have the time or the energy to discuss all of that. In fact, as far as they were concerned, I'm a lawyer, that's it. The moment That's I started it. doing my diploma course, it just one of my sisters did like two films in the past, but then mm-hmm. everybody was like, this is not who we are as a family. Because my family is made up of bankers and IT people. We're five girls. Well, the fact
0: that you, with five girls? Yep. Wow, I didn't know that part.
1: Yeah, well, five girls, I'm the last.
0: Oh, wow. Of the five
1: girls. I, my younger brother passed away years mm. ago. Um, in fact, last month was 30 years mm. that he passed away. So mm. I Tired was 13 your loss then. In that sense
0: because I'm like that would have impacted the family. Yeah,
1: yeah. So they were not in support of it as well. Mm. In fact, I I became rebellious. I left home, left my sister's house in Lagos. I lived on the street for three years. They didn't know where I was <coughs> living. I was moving from place to place. So this
0: teller that we're seeing, this that we're seeing on on screen, you've you've lived in the street. You're not just from the street. You have lived slum in the in streets.
1: When I say slum, I mean. Imagine me living in a BQ with a family of eight mm. and I'm sleeping on the floor in the living room. When I say floor, there's no carpet or is, wow. you know how cement floor, mm-hmm. we just had mat on top of the floor Man. and you are sharing one bathroom with a family of eight and everywhere you are going, you are trekking. Wow. If you have small money, you enter a bus, you are saying glory to God. All wow. your clothes, you are buying from Bendang. Uh-uh. Interview show. They, they don't know that part wait, of
0: me. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> uh. Hey, now we're getting into this. You, you <laughs> must have to go and write write a memoir on this one. But but for real though, you're one of the few. Well, there are a lot of actresses, you know, actors that formally were formally trained. Mm. You know, one of the things that we don't, I, I don't think we talk about a lot is those that actually went to school to study theatre arts, and you are one of those actors.
1: Yeah, I, I had to. It it was something that I knew I wanted to do. I had already defied my family. (laughs) (laughs) I could not afford to be a failure. I Mm. could not afford to just take it as anyhow. Because something that will make you, your family disowns you for three years. Yeah. And then you now don't take it seriously. Because my mission was to make sure that they hear my name. Mm. They know that I wasn't a failure. They know that I was successful in what I was doing, so they can make sense of what the whole fight was about. Mm-hmm. That's what I promised my dad. I said, I will not come back a failure because if you fail, don't come back. I said, Don't worry, daddy. I won't come back a you failure. You. In fact, because of me, they will be calling you Stella's dad instead of ah, your name.
0: Wow. Yeah. And and that 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 is where we are right now. Yeah. That is where we are. So, speaking about your movies, though, I mean, with. 70 plus movies under your belt. I mean, we're talking about. I don't even know. Do you even keep count of how many movies that you've been in?
1: The last time we tried to count, it was over 150. Gee,
0: and look at me here. Well, the 70s because of the ones I'm conversing. Com- yeah, yeah, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's over 150 and I lost count after a while, but I just said, "You know what? It's okay, over 100 is fine." <laughs> wow. So,
0: so so what do you do then? Like do you do you rewatch them from like what what do you do to movies that you've been in? Because I'm always curious about actors and Mm. what their approach is to Mm. movies that they've been in
1: I don't like to watch them for leisure Mm. I watch them to see my growth where I started from where I am now what could i have done differently mm-hmm. but Rumer will not let me rest Rume <laughs> wants to watch them over and over again she can practically tell you all the lines in my movies
0: oh that, then, that, that, that's yeah. why she's good at what she does yeah she can.
1: so recently i found my old dvd tapes mm-hmm. um, cds you know and thank god i still have a dvd player so we're just going over some of the things that i had done in the past and i was having a laugh like wow. how did people think i was good this is rubbish
0: <laughs> i can't believe that you're saying that considering that we all we all felt that way I look at it and I'm like, oh my goodness, what were we doing? You know, our paths crossed, well, briefly, because I did audition for a movie when I was in Nigeria. And I remember being in the, you know, those days it's like you audition and it's like some office, someone mm-hmm. in Larry And then, you know, we were being told who the main actress was going to mm-hmm. be. And it was supposed to be this young um, Stella Damasus mm-hmm. and, you know, everybody was like, she already got the part and that kind of thing. But in my mind, when I look back now at everything that you've done, I'm like, I get it. I get why they're like, yes, she's the one to go to the movie. Like, you've been in some very impactful movies. One of the ones that really impacted me was Rattlesnake, right? Mm -hmm. Love that movie. I felt like we were telling our stories in that that context. So for you then, do you stay in touch with people that you've acted with in the past? Or what is...
1: Yeah, sometimes, you know, there are a few people that you hit it off with on set and, you know, you keep in touch. But unfortunately, at that time, the industry did not afford us that opportunity to mingle. Mm. We didn't have um, created meetups or hangups or uh, hangouts or um, conferences or workshops that, you know, would bring all of us together. Yeah. And so... You find that most times we do a job and that's it if we don't work with that person we don't see them we don't talk to them and you know at that time when we started we didn't have the kind of phones we had now <laughs> so it was hard because then to make a phone call you have to go to a phone yeah booth,
0: you have to go somewhere to go make a call You yeah. know.
1: so it's it was hard at that time but later when things started opening up and getting better we started finding ourselves again like recently I found people that I worked with over 20 years ago I found them on mm. Instagram and Facebook and my like, oh my my goodness where have wow. you been You yeah. know, so uh, that's one of the things that i'm trying to correct now
0: so 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 before we talk about what it is like now i can't help myself i have to ask yes yeah. like there has been good and bad experiences and and we hear about these myths and i'm like i have the opportunity on don't forget to flush podcast with mm-hmm. the damasas like mm-hmm. Tell us, a, tell us a good experience out of, you know, your Nollywood, you know, days. Um, not that you've stopped, but I'm just saying, or a bad experience. Something that can sort of give us a vivid imagination of what it is like.
1: Okay. For good experiences, I'll give you one while I was working. Mm. We went to film. It was somewhere in Enugu. Okay. And we went to a location. And uh, we were filming. We were supposed to film there. And the owner of the house had called his wife. To say mm-hmm. he didn't want any rubbish, he didn't want anybody to come into his house to film any nonsense film. And the woman was like, I already gave them my word, let them mm-hmm. come inside. And he said, no, when he comes back from work, he doesn't want to see anybody there. So the woman went on and on and on. And then I, I told her, madam, call your husband, I want to talk to him. Yeah. It wasn't in my place. I mean, we had a locations person who was lost and didn't know what to do because we didn't have anywhere else to film. So I said, call your husband, I want to talk to him. So she called this man. And I spoke to the man, and I said, this is who I am, and we're here, I'm with them. I'll make sure that we don't mess up your home and all that. And he said, wait, you say you are who again? (laughs) I told him my name. He said, are you a sister to Shelly Damasus? I said, yes, that's my older sister. Oh, my God. Shelly was my boss years ago when I was in Lagos. She was nice to me. She did this. Okay, go inside, go inside. That's how we shot. And he came back from work, met us there. When he was coming back, he bought drinks, mm. ordered food. He like It was so good. In my heart, I'm like, wow,
0: this is... Thank God your sister was a good boss then. <laughs> yes.
1: But it was such a good experience because after that day, he told us to come and film again. And then later on, he started investing mm. in movies. I don't I don't know how that happened. Because he, he worked in a bank, but he started yeah. investing in movies in the East. And for me, that was a good experience. And he called me a few years ago. He found my contact via Instagram
2: and
1: yeah. dm me his number. We kept in touch. And since then we've been very good friends. He's somebody that can call and ask for advice and everything. So so that for me was one of the good experiences on set. Offset, I met a woman in shop right then when I was in Lagos mm. and she just tapped me, and I'm like, "Yes, hello." She said, "You're Stella." Stella, of I said, "Yes." She said, "God bless you. You saved my daughter's life." I said, "How?" Mm. So apparently, her daughter was going through some things, yeah. you know, in her marriage. And this was an elderly woman, and the girl was suicidal. Wow! But a movie came that I did, "Widow," mm. and I she remember saw, that. Yeah, yeah, she saw it, and she was like, "Oh my god." That's, there are people that are going through this and my own is just marital issues you not know, as if my own man died and everything yeah. and I saw the way it ended. she she just loved the way I took the role so the woman said she came to me she was telling me about this movie that she saw it just made her stop thinking about killing herself that there's more to life blah 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 I just want to thank you. and I'm like I
0: didn't wow. do anything. No, I that's just the played. Pa- that's the power of movies, man. <laughs> that's the power of... So, so, but but you see, what you just described right now, I'm going to forget about the experience right now. But, mm-hmm. but think about what you just described. So would you now say it's true then that, you know, di- or let me ask it this way. A lot of people say that actors are impacted by their own life experiences mm-hmm. or the things that they go through mm-hmm. and they bring it to their characters. Mm-hmm. Would you say it's the same for directors as well then? Or what does that look like in terms of...
1: Yeah, I think... In fact, directors have more when it comes to impact because they are the ones that are responsible for putting the vision of the script out there. Mm. So most of the time, you work with inspiration. That's why it's a creative work. So as a director, you read a script. There are characters that jump out at you that you know you've experienced in your life. So you want to tell the story in such a way that people will understand the characters that you have visualized mm. based on people you know because you don't just yeah. make up fictitious characters. So, so most of the time it's the life experiences, people around them, their uncles, their aunties, their friends. Uh, directors are very good observers. So they observe people, bring all of this and now translate it through the actors that are going to play the role. Because mm. even when we come with our own vision to say oh this is how I've you know, broken it down, this is how I want to do it. A director will tell you okay I have an auntie. Whatever she's lying, she's doing like this.
0: Ah, I so see. he
1: brings it in and he that's that's how they embellish the work that we as actors do. Mm. So they are most impacted by, the, by, by their life.
0: By their life and they bring to, it even yeah. in the way they, they orchestrate yeah. um, the actors yeah. through the set. Um, as you were describing your good experience though, you did highlight something that is also similarly one of the bad experiences that I've, I've even experienced myself, which is the pursuit of location. Mm -hmm. Like I feel as though location, having locations has always been like one of the big problems. Mm -hmm. Is that what you would say or are there other kinds of things that you'd say are challenges within Nollywood in itself? Oh,
1: a lot. Not just the location, even electricity. (laughs) Oh Oh, gosh. gosh. We've, (laughs) (laughs) in Nigeria, for somebody to make a, a film and it becomes successful, everybody should applaud that person. That is true. Because you're battling with a country that has issues with power. So you have to use generators. Mm. Then we were using Which normal... Which brings this noise and yeah. you're trying to
0: record sound. Yeah,
1: so the normal generators will give you issues with sound and people will watch it and go, oh, gosh, this is so... Because you have to hold your remote control and your, your finger is on the volume button <laughs> to go up and down. Uh, Now it's better because now we have better microphones. We're wearing body mics. But now more and more people are renting huge generators that don't have noise. Mm. But those things take up a lot of the budget. Yeah. So you're spending more money on that to save your sound um, as opposed to spending money on other things. So a lot of things will suffer because you have to try and do this because you live in a country where you cannot have steady Power if to do we, what we, we get do. into
0: the story of Nigeria and Nigerian experiences, we <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a lot. It's, 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 it's a lot, it's but a lot, yeah. you know, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening, of course, this is don't forget to flush podcast. You know that podcast that is all about the African Renaissance, social commentary, and of course, of course, toilet seat conversations, and we're going to get into all of it with Stella Damascus. Uh, and so I'm going to I'm going to well, we're still in the segment of African Renaissance mm-hmm. because of all the all the impact that, you know, people from the continent who now live outside of the continent are making, right? And so in your case, I truly want to talk about the fact that you are incredibly busy. Like we're here talking about your career and all the movies you've been in. And in 2021, you're even more busy than you were. Like, and in my mind, I'm like, how is this even happening? You have on days or diluted there's Actella. There is, um, um, uh, uh, excuse my African. There's daily dose. There is, um, um, Sunday Soul sessions. You have the Actors Playhouse. That one is his own gist by itself. And then there's even the new one that your your kids are involved with. The Adiva Networks, Adiva Magazine. You know what, Stella? Please, uh, you have to help us. Listeners from all over the world need to be like, let's unpack all of this. You got to tell us about all these different hmm. places and where we should go. And let's just arrange it on this podcast. Let's, let's just try. Let's <laughs> just a try. lot. It's let's a just lot, try.
1: Anyway, first thing that everybody should know is that I'm not one to wake up and I have this idea, let's do it. Most of what you see are things that I have been building for over 20 years. Mm. I've had a vision. In fact, I used to call myself Oprah (laughs) Junior. You know,
0: For real though. Yeah. For real. She
1: she was my inspiration because Mm -hmm. I kept saying, I want to do all of these things that have to do with media and communication. And if I find that there's somebody that has done it and successfully done it at that, it means it's possible. Mm. And I saw Oprah, she did all of it. It means I can do it. It I might not be as big as she is right now but it's possible so what i do i have podcasts and there are two of them daily dose and excuse my african and uh they are anywhere you can find podcasts i use a platform where it spreads to over 15 to 20 different places where you can find um Mm -hmm. podcasts and i'm also on AfCloud.
0: cloud on a cloud (laughs) yes just like don't forget (laughs) to flush podcast we are on AfCloud. I'm on the Af Pan Cloud, African Network. So that's I'm, awesome.
1: I'm happy to be there.
0: So we have Excuse My African and we have the Daily, Daily Dose, Dose, And these yeah. are podcasts that you can get everywhere. Yes. And I'm sorry I'm going through each one because oh, it's I'm good. just like it's good. I really want to catalog this and be like, where are all the places <laughs> we can engage with you and the listeners I can know. I so know. two podcasts. So tell us more.
1: So Astala is on Instagram. Okay. I do Stella on Instagram and Facebook. Mm. We go on Instagram and Facebook. Um, Stella Damasus Diaries, which is the one that just came back. Yes. I've been on that since 2013. That's when it started. I
0: remember. That was like we we watched a lot. of YouTube was like our first foray, yes. right? So we did watch a lot of that on YouTube.
1: Yeah. And then when I came back with the new season, after the first two episodes of the new season, I mm. got a call from a lady who runs um, Angel TV in Ghana. Oh, wow. And they said they were interested. So I quickly took it down. From you <laughs> took it down from YouTube and gave it to them, and nice. recording new episodes. But I have an agreement with them: after a period of time, it's going to come back to my YouTube channel because okay. my my followers will want to see that Sunday so soul sessions. It's, yeah.
0: it's its own show. It's its on own show. Angel TV Ghana. Ghana. Ghana
1: every Sunday Ghana time five p.m. Nice. Um,
0: nice. Nice. Nice.
1: For Sunday soul sessions, it's um it's a Sunday show that I wanted to do, um. I started with a friend of mine, Marianne, mm-hmm. because she was available, but she also understands what the concept is. So I'm expanding now to get other guests on it. Um, yeah. I want to make it more um, compact, more structured, not mm-hmm. just, oh, we're going on Instagram Live. Because the whole idea is to have people to speak from their hearts, things yeah. that they usually don't talk about in in interviews. Mm. I gave an example with Derry Mm. A lot of people think Derele is this crazy dude that wants to dress like a woman and does this, does that. People don't know the spiritual side of Derele. Mm. Years ago, we had an event in Abuja and he came to host. And when Derele started speaking and talking from the Bible, mm. I was like, This, what? This same guy? Like,
0: he was making. We would so only, of- yeah. only see one side of, of anyone him. from. Uh, yeah. yeah.
1: So, I mean, there are people that. I know that deep down they have a strong connection with their spirituality they have their own ideologies their own thoughts about life sometimes as a creative who is supported by people or managed by people yeah. you are you are made to be a certain way mm. or you know be perceived in a certain way because of your brand yeah. but outside of the brand the question is who are you mm. so it's in taking off the layers from people who you know to be something but you see another side of them. That's what Sunday Soul Sessions is about. Like searching your soul, searching yourself. Who am I? Remove all of this. What's left in me? That's what I wanted people to.
0: And and that's the beauty of being a creative yourself and Mm -hmm. directing and producing and everything else because you're able to segment each one to appeal to the right audience Mm -hmm. for the message that you're communicating. So tell us about the one that I know I've participated in. Um, Actors' actor's Playhouse. An an Actors' Playhouse.
1: Um, It's a platform that I created for actors. First of all, to give them an outlet. Mm. To ask questions, to speak their minds, to grow together. A place where I could teach them from my experience, from the things that I've studied, from the things that I've learned. A place where they can work together, meet each other, know who they are as creatives, but Mm. be able to decide for themselves what kind of creative they should be. Trying to build them to know that, you know, if you're a guy, you're an actor, You are different from the other person. Yeah. What's your strongest point? Helping them identify their strongest point. Because they always always say your first impression counts. So if you know what your strongest point is, you will bring that out first Mm -hmm. to get the attention of the people. It's not like you can't do anything else. You can do a lot of things, but what's your strongest point? So helping people identify that because that's something that some of us didn't understand growing up in the industry at that Mm -hmm. time. We didn't have that guide. We didn't have mentors to tell us, okay, this is what you're good for. Start with this and then... And when you grow to a certain level to call the shots and say hey i don't want this i want this that, then that you can diversify this is
0: why we call it the african renaissance because it's like there's africa rising everywhere and you're leading the charge in this area mm. so please tell us about this brand new one because i think of it as brand new mm-hmm. Diva networks yeah. and Diva magazine mm-hmm. you know uh, how how what's what's the story <laughs> of that one and you have some of some very cool people on the covers of the magazine, yes. by the
1: way. I've been very blessed and lucky. I don't know how God just did it. It's is it because been...
0: your kids are involved in this one? Because no. your daughters are involved in this one. That's why.
1: So my kids are involved in literally everything I do. They okay. don't show up, but they handle different aspects of it. But this is the first time that they're actually present uh, publicly I see. I see. and their faces are on it. You know. Um, a diva actually is a diva. But I put it together to be a diva. And that is me saying that you don't have to be a celebrity or to be in the entertainment industry to see yourself as a diva. Mm. You are an diva in a positive way. We're changing the narrative for women out there. No matter who you are, whether you're a housewife, you're a banker, you're a nurse, you take care of old people, you have to see yourself as worth it. You're relevant. Every aspect of your life is relevant. That's why I put the the thing together it's for communication it's for media it's for training as well and everything but mentoring young women and giving them an opportunity to show what they can do that's yeah. why we support a lot of businesses you know and all that so Adiva magazine came because i didn't want a situation where Um, We continue with the same pattern that we grew up in. When you see magazines, especially for women, you only see size two or size four. They are very beautiful, long nose, this and that. (laughs) And you don't see yourself as that. So you spend your youth trying to fit into something that you
0: are not uh, because it's been sold to you and marketed to you. Exactly. So
1: I'm saying to every woman out there, whether you're tall, you're short, you're big, you're small, however you are, you are a woman, you are worth it. Mm, On the cover of this last edition that we just released is a lady called Nakitende Esther. Mm. She is a full-figured plus-size influencer. Wow, nice. She is beautiful. And the shock when people saw who my cover girl was and that was what i wanted i wanted
0: people to do it double take yeah we have to we have to break the stereotypes yeah. and break the norms and and the, the the interesting thing about it is that we we will say things like you know one is breaking the norm of mm. what you're doing mm. whereas it's actually the reality like there is no one size or one shape or one look of yeah. any person so it's like we're actually living reality by itself
1: yeah it's the truth and I mean, it's a magazine where women have to feel comfortable to talk about certain things. That's why when I was getting people to be columnists for the magazine, Mm -hmm. I didn't look for professional writers. I actually spoke to friends, to family, to people that I know have experiences in certain aspects, certain areas, because the magazine covers everything from finances to parenting to marriage to relationships to fashion, beauty, social justice, every aspect to the law, so that women know what their rights are what they're supposed to do, signing documents, kind of things to put your name on, yeah, stuff like that, how and to manage your too. money. And
0: men too, yeah. so that they can learn some things the, about women.
1: The reason why it's, it's a good thing for men to also look at this magazine is so that they know what we are saying yeah what we need what what our hearts are saying what we are looking for what we are trying to do oh yeah
0: ngwana now then why we let me <laughs> let me now get into it now let's get into this segment of culture commentary right okay so let's talk about it since you're about to share some of that <laughs> nugget that's what we're going to do now i know that you've performed in africa like we've talked about yeah. and we, you know you, you live here in the us and you've acted on both both ends yeah so i guess the the, the one of the questions that that folks would ask especially people who are interacting with Nollywood for the first time or they're thinking about Hollywood Yeah, they would say who can tell us what kinds of similarities or differences you know that exist between those two platforms you of budget and you know we know the general things but if you think about it overall would you say things are up to par how would you describe what would you say are the differences or what would you say are, are the similarities Hollywood Nollywood
1: Hmm, similarities are, I mean, for me as an actor, let me say. Yeah, and, speak,
0: and we can focus on it like yeah, the for actors f- f- and directors. Yeah. Let's look at actors and, and directors. directors. Okay, yeah.
1: as an actor, one of the similarities that I'll tell you is the struggle, mm. the struggle to be seen. It's the same thing with Nollywood, it's the same thing with Hollywood. In the beginning, I'm going to say it as blunt as I feel it and I know it. Most of the time, it's not about your talent.
2: Mm.
1: It's about who you know, to get in most of the time it's about who you know it's a 2-3% to chance that you will just walk into a space do an audition and get a major role
0: Mm.
1: very hard most of the time there's table casting they already know who's going to play what so
0: networking is even way more important more important than even your audition that's
1: what I taught my students networking is important and know how to present yourself if it's a self tape, it's an audition it's a very important part of your Work, But if you don't know people, to even hear about the kind of jobs that you want to do, you have to know people. You have to be in a community.
0: That is strong. That is a strong similarity because I think that is like everywhere. It is everywhere. Yeah,
1: Because most uh, um, production houses are interested in box office. And there's something called your box office face. Mm. If you cannot move their box office figures up, why are they putting you in front? So for somebody to take a chance on you, there must be something... That they have that's bigger than just the selling face.
0: And you know that's what most people miss out on, right? Because yeah. people will be like, ah, he seems to be using only only Stella, he seems yeah. to be using only Ramsey. Yeah. But you're right. It's if you're not moving box office.
1: It's <laughs> it's business. It's show based. Yeah. We can't be doing just the show and forget that it is money that will drive what mm. happens. So after a while, after using all the Stellas and all the Ramseys and the RMDs, you now want to add new people. But yeah. you don't throw it at people just like that. Because they're going to be like, them you introduce through, them through, oh, this person is going to play alongside Stella, or this person is going to play opposite Ramsey, or, you know. Yeah. And then they start to know, because of who has been there, they know the person that's just coming. And then after that, you now say, okay, now you can do the lead, and yeah. I'll now bring somebody else, you know. So those are similarities that I have noticed in both. Industries, it has to be who you know, it has to be um, who can recommend you, and all of that. Yeah, for directors, um, I feel that the difference is more than the similarity. Mm, Tell us, mom, because directors in Hollywood are directors that's what they do, Mm. that's all they do. Every other department is covered, there are people who would do different things. Yeah, so you're calling the shots, you know, your vision, you've spoken to your you know your crew, but mm-hmm. as a director in Nigeria.
0: <laughs> Sorry, I had to laugh the way you said it. I'm like, as a director in Nigeria. <laughs> as a
1: director in Nigeria. Yeah. You are everything. You or have even in third world everything. country. Yes. You
0: know, in, in, in less, yes. I would say, less fortunate That's, Yeah.
1: Have. That's why I say, I always tell people when you find or meet directors back home, mm-hmm. no matter how you feel about their movies, still applaud them because what they have to do and yeah. get through. They have to do everybody's work. Mm. Most of the time, we don't have enough budget to hire as many people as you would require. So you will have to double up yeah. to make sure that that vision comes to
0: life. Shout out to, to Chisomo Mozzoli because I interviewed her in season one and she was saying the same thing too about directors and producers and having to Pretty much, sit in the editor's room. Yeah, you you are the one who's doing. You're, you're literally. You're even security. Yes, <laughs> she's she was like you're even security. It's true
1: because the there's a movie I just did not too long ago. The producer went to stores to start looking for extra costumes to help out. Wow, because the budget didn't cover everything.
0: So so in, so in that case, then what are you already describing what Nollywood has to do better at or? if you had to think about it from that lens, are there things that Nollywood should do better as a, as a group? If this or? was
1: our fault, mm. right? I would say, yes, we have to improve this. But most of the time, the issue is with budgeting. Mm. We are a self-sustaining industry. We're not like India, where the government has a special fund for filmmakers, yeah. where they're supporting film and TV. That's mm. not our own case. So we find individuals investing their own money for mm. these things. We can't compare an individual's money to a production house or a Warner Bros. or MGM or whatever. You can't yeah. compare both.
0: No, that is true. It's
1: hard. So we have to do it uh gorilla style filming.
0: We Sh- have shout to, out yeah. to the Milkmaid movie because yes. yeah, you 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 helped talk about that movie as they were um they were Nigeria's submission to the Oscars and that was part of the reality of what you were talking about that you were asking them questions and they were describing how they had to put their hands in their own pockets yeah. to finance yeah. a lot of the things that they had to do for the movie.
1: It happens. Sometimes actors have to help out. Sometimes directors will spend their own money to get the production going because they want it to finish, you know. Mm. So it's a lot. The, the difference is a lot, you know, but the part that I know we, that we have to work on, there are, so many, there are so many things we have to work on. Yeah. But there are things that are out of our control when it comes to budget. We just have to make do with so what So give us an have.
0: example on something that we either need to uh, improve, on. You know, improve on or maybe do new. Yes. You know?
1: I will always say capacity building, mm. which is one of the reasons I started An Actors Playhouse. I didn't want to keep complaining. Capacity building is very important. I feel that we should have more film schools. Mm. It's its a monopoly, if you ask me, back home. I feel we should have more film schools where you can train better writers because sometimes you have everything That's you need so but your true. story is not. Yeah,
0: the story is not. Or oh, the story there. is there but it's not sort of written for the screen. It's not it's like, put together. Yeah.
1: You know, it's not structured and then you listen to the dialogue you're put off. We have to have places where writers can learn to structure their their scripts we have to have people who train directors because it's one thing to call the shots for your technical crew and all, all of that it's it's a special skill to be a an actor's director. Mm. There's a book that I was reading recently. It's Directing Actors. That takes a different skill altogether. So your technical skill is different from your, people skill your people's skill because you're dealing yeah. with different actors with different temperaments and different personalities. You have to be a manager. Mm. You have to manage them. You have to understand their language. That will not embarrass them or make them feel funny. So that's another one on its own. It's something that people learn. You don't just wake up and know how to do these things. Yeah. So people have to understand. Even to be a gaffer, it's not. Oh, my brother in the village is coming to Lagos. Oh
2: <laughs> well, yeah, enter
1: set. Go out. Yeah. You, you see when you say go and bring me this, they, most of the time they don't know what it is. You know. So capacity building is one thing I know we can do better. And as long as we keep fighting to learn more we will find that there are people that are willing to invest because they know that we know what we're doing.
0: Mm. Yeah, so... No, you know, interestingly, you, you've you covered things that are very, very clear as to why we anyone listening to this show, or this particular episode, needs to just sit back and think about if they're interested in the movies, right? Mm-hmm. What is the challenges that folks are having Culturally, um, you know, because we come from a part of the world where things are difficult to access, or like you're talking about capacity building. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I know about you is your passion, your passion for for at-risk women and women that have been abused, and so much so that you even had a movie um, that you premiered in New York. Enough is enough. You've put a lot of focus in it in your shows. Mm-hmm. So I guess I want to tell, talking about those stories, and let, let's let's step to the side in this culture commentary and and talk more about that passion that you have. Yeah. What uh-huh. is driving that?
1: I'm African. I'm a woman. I've seen things happen and I've experienced things as well.
0: And that's something that folks don't even think about your own personal experiences yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah,
1: because a lot of people do these things now for attention because they feel it's invoked to be an advocate. It's not. It some of us do it out of pain
0: you were doing enough enough is enough was uh, 20, 2012? 2012 2013 2012.
1: wow yeah. i mean the reason we did that was because i wrote an article and it was about a friend of mine who died from the hands of her spouse mm. it was domestic violence It beat her to the point that she, wow. she just she died from the wounds I rem- that, he, I rem- yeah. I that yeah. and it was just a reflection of the society that we live in that we come from that we saw the signs But because she said, no, it's fine, I'm okay, because she made excuses, we let it go because it was her husband. Not that we didn't know what's going on. And when a woman gets to, oh, I'm okay, I'm okay, some of them have already tried to get help. Some of them have tried to go back to their families or Mm. to the police and they have seen that nobody's going to help me. Nobody's listening to me. Nobody would hear my voice and amplify it for me to know that, to tell people this is what's happening and save me. Yeah. Because the family that you're supposed to be running back to are telling you, go back to your husband. We don't like divorce that, in our that, home.
0: That is, that is, that is so the solution, yeah.
1: Especially when you have kids. So the only other option is to let me just bear it. Maybe if I do better here, he will change. Mm. If I do better here, he will change. And it gets worse until you die. So that happened. It hurt me because she was one of the most amazing people people i ever met in my whole life yeah and then we made a short film out of it just and to some pe- people me. don't
0: know about this how, why this is important to you right because yeah. folks can listen to you talk yeah. about issues on mm-hmm. instagram live right mm-hmm. on your shows but you're talking about a very personal experience yes. of losing a, if a dear friend yeah in the hands I of mean, an abuser that's
1: even just one of it because she's my friend i've talked about a lot of things that people don't see because they don't see the scars on your body they don't know mm-hmm. i have been abused emotionally. Mm. I've been mentally tortured by someone who made me feel ugly for so many years. Mm. I would step out and people would say, hey, you're so fine. Oh, you're hot, you're this, you're yellow. But I would smile and get back home and cry. Mm -hmm. I would look at myself in front of the mirror and say, am I that bad? What's wrong with me? Because when the person that's closest to you every day is telling you how ugly you are, how he's doing you a favor, how, oh, because of Mm -hmm. your work, people will just hail you. It's not as if they mean it. I see you every day, so I know. Mm -hmm. You start to believe that. And I'm imagining how many women... Go around with that thought in their head. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. How many opportunities they would have missed out on because they've held themselves back, feeling that they are not good enough—not just with their looks, but even mentally, mm. because you are you are you are facing a very serious challenge mentally, and you don't even know it. You are just condemning yourself. Yeah, that is there. And I also have I said it in someone's bookie bookie unstoppable. And it, it slipped out of my mouth. I wasn't ready for it. But when it came out, the whole place went. And for days, I had to deal with, with that. Mm. That was when I confronted it for the first time after over 30 years that I was molested. I wasn't raped, but I was molested by a, a relative, someone who was supposed to be protecting me.
2: Mm. And I was wow. too
1: scared to say anything i told an uncle of mine what had happened and he said to me he's your cousin if you say anything they will banish him our family will be disgraced you are not the first that has happened to you want everybody to start talking about you you will grow up with the label that somebody has touched you do you want that to happen it will be a stain and i kept quiet didn't tell my father didn't tell my mother this happened to me when i was um i think eight or ten Wow. I just said it for the first time publicly this year. Yeah. And was, I confronted it this year. Because when it came out, my sisters heard because people started.
0: Yes, that's what it was. About it was. It was a big yeah. deal.
1: So I told my sisters that I've, the way I'm feeling now. I now realize that I hadn't dealt with it because as a kid, I just brushed it away, but I noticed that it affected me in my life. I started Mm -hmm. thinking back to things that had happened to me and how scared I was. People think I'm so bold. I'm so this, that's because I had to push through, but I went through so much Mm -hmm. because of that incident. And I told them, I want to talk to him. Because he's still alive, he's about to get a chieftaincy title, he works as a corrections officer in Boston, wow. but he's going back to the village now to take a chieftaincy title. He's not just to me, my other cousin started calling me to say he did it to me too, he did it to me too, he oh, did it to me too. Man. And I'm like, nah, this is not going to be another one of sweeping it under, whether it's 50 years or 100 years, I'm not suing him, so it's not a matter of statute of limitation. Yeah, I need him to acknowledge what he did and apologize that's all I want. I don't even want to talk to him myself. Mm. I told my older sister, whatever you can do, do it. I need you to hear him say it. Because the first time that they asked him, he denied. So I told my sister, tell him that I'm ready to go public with his name. He will lose his job and they will put a poster of him outside. Mm. That he's a child molester.
0: That, but that is what he yes. is though.
1: And then when he heard it, he now finally called my sister and said he couldn't remember. He's had issues with his memory. My sister said, I don't care. You know you did it. So yeah. can you please acknowledge it and apologize?
0: Imagine the of so, lives. Yeah. Like you are stronger and you 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 have come through and you know even your cousins that you've mentioned have come through. Yeah. But there are just so many people yeah. that get trapped in these situations that truly damage them and they can't recover from it. They can't. You know, and, and so and so when people hear you on your shows talking about Um, you know, uh, for the lack of a better word, toxic masculinity or um, the negative things that come from, you know, as a man myself, you know, what that is about. I can understand where people without knowing all this context can perceive you as maybe pushing an envelope. But you're talking about your own personal Mm -hmm. experiences. So, since I have you, let me, 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 you now, you help us understand the other side of the coin. Now, understand that, you know, when we talk about masculinity or femininity, Mm. We live in a world now where, you know, it is driven by binary gender roles, yeah. right? And all the things associated. I get that. Mm. But we're going to use this to sort of try to answer one or two questions real quick. This is culture commentary. That's where yeah. we are. Yeah. Don't forget to flush podcast. Yeah. If they don't like it, they can flush it. <laughs> but um, um for real though, I get it about toxic masculinity. But a lot of people say, how about toxic femininity? Mm-hmm. How about... And, you know, I don't want to play, this is not, when people say devil's advocate, I'm like, why do you want to be with the devil? Yeah, That's not what I'm trying to do. But Mm -hmm. I'm saying, seriously, like, there are perceptions that men have about, oh, she deserved it, or, oh, she, you know, you don't know what happened. You know when people Mm -hmm. be like, you'll be saying, you're abusing a woman, but they'll be like, ah, you don't know what happened. So, do you feel that there's a room to discuss toxic femininity or even this whole umbrella that they've used to blanket everything with feminism Mm. what are your views i know i'm putting you on the spot but go ahead stella
1: not at all i first of all i have a problem with this thing that has become like a gender war Mm. that's not what it's supposed to turn out to be um men women there are people who have extremes. No matter what you're doing, whether it is religion, whether it is work, money, there are people that will be extremists on both sides. On both sides, yeah. Not every man is toxic. Not every woman is toxic. Um, I feel that both genders have to understand their roles because the truth of the matter is we have different roles. I cannot be a man. Mm. A man cannot be me. I cannot take over your responsibility. You cannot take over mine. It's for us to know who we are as a people. Now, this word feminism has been abused and turned into a negative term, which hurts me because it's not a negative term. I
0: agree. I agree. Yeah. It started off that way. It At didn't. least we didn't understand it that way. Yeah. But now it's like people bring it up as, a, as the perfect response to something.
1: Yeah, and it's wrong. And I don't blame them as well because because I have seen some extremists when it comes to feminism. Mm. And I'm like, don't use this name to cover up for your your, your hatred or your issues with the opposite sex. That's mm. not what it's supposed to be. Yeah. It's, feminism is supposed to be us standing up for our rights. We are not asking for your own or fighting you for your own. or mm. We're not trying to be in competition with you. We're just saying... We want our rights. This is what I want to do. I, I care about women who are going through abuse, who are going through oppression, who yeah. are going through this. That is the basis of... In fact, I say I'm not a feminist. I'm a still honest, Because feminism Yay. is Yay. too broad. Yeah, yes, yeah, I, yeah, know, yeah. I know. I know, another one. You're forcing me to go into some <laughs>
0: language right now. In my mind, I'm like, anybody who's listening was like, what did Stella just drop right now? Did you say, please go again? Did you say, yeah.
1: I'm a still honest. I'm not a feminist. I'm A feminist... So the difference is that a feminist is a general thing for women, mm. women's rights and all of that. But I'm a stewardess because mine is centered more on African women. Mm. That's what stewardess is about. My, my own advocacy is for African women because you will put a white woman here today and put an African woman here today. They will have some similarities, but I'm telling you that the African woman has peculiarities and will talk about things that the white woman will look at her and say, goodness, y'all that still, do, so that? You still that do that? You still do that in your country? Are you kidding You know, if it's widowhood practices, if it's uh, uh, inheritance, Mm. if it's uh, uh, marriage rights and all of that, you know. So there are so many things that you can't afford to put under the same umbrella because they are different issues that we're facing. That. That's why I that, call myself yeah. a, a stillness. So, um, I, I really don't delve into when they start this fight about this feminism, this fight between men and women, this gender roles and all. I, I, I try not to, I try not to complicate my life. <laughs>
0: uh, You're already too busy to I'm even too too come busy out on top of all that. And I tell that, people,
1: yeah. it's not a war between men and women. That's not what it's supposed to be. But if people choose to go down that route, that's fine. But for me, I think we are, we are avoiding the main issues issue here mm. we are not looking at the main issue here we are looking at the trivial things in front of us we are not looking beyond mm. because it's going to get worse with the generation of the kids we have today if we don't start to fix it and understand what's going on and then teach our children you will be shocked that yeah. the woman will go and knock on the man's house door and say i want to marry this man everything <laughs> will change eventually
0: mm-hmm. so <laughs> it's it's, yeah. it's heading there in a, in, in a sense yeah. F- folks can see that wow yeah. Uh, you know what? We are going to have a different episode. I'm going to for sure have to bring you <laughs> back so I can talk about stigmatism, talk about some of these things, or maybe even jump on one of your IG lives. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you should even do that. Like, really yeah. get an episode out there just yeah. addressing that specifically. But, mm-hmm. you know, as we're doing, don't forget to flush. We're not going to let you go until you go through two of our segments mm-hmm. um, because that's what we do in this place. And the first one is known as Dinkba and Diva. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not every time I get to have a lady on the show. And when I do, it fits into the plan. The plan was always to so have the Dingba and the Diva. So I am the Dingba in the and I've explained this to anyone who's listening. Mm-hmm. Um Dingba is uh Igbo, Igbo language for man yeah in that sense. And then we have the Diva, which you've helped express right. Yeah. It's not oh flashy flashy, but mm-hmm. really women owning their stuff. So we have Dingba and Diva on the show. But here's the catch mm-hmm. whatever question I ask you right now, you have to respond in an accent Stella. Okay. Pick any accent. Thank God if you're even an actor. So you can even give us three if you wanted. <laughs> so whatever question I action. So I get into my dink, but there's only one accent you can do. That is the Igbo accent, because that's me oh all day. God. So okay. I take the, I say, hey, Stella, Stella. Okay, <laughs> okay. Stella, okay. the <laughs> 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 Okay, so Stella, mm-hmm. let me ask you now, mm-hmm. okay? And now you have to answer in an accent. Okay, yeah? okay. So let's say there's a young girl or young boy uh, in uh, in Africa. Let's say third world country in all these places that have their own challenge. Mm? What is, should you... What should... The, the, the girl or the boy that says, I want to be in the movies like Stella. I've been listening to this podcast. My mommy told me... I want. What would you say that they should be doing or that they should be, you know, spending their time doing in that sense to, you know, come to the point of where you are?
1: Thank you for the question you asked me. I'm going to answer the question <laughs> right now. For any young boy or young girl I want to go into the acting industry... First thing I got to tell tell you, you got to find out everything you want to know about the industry. Find out everything. Read Mm. about it. Go to YouTube. Watch out a video. And then get training. They got to train you on this thing. Because if you don't get training, you'll fade away. You want to remain relevant, you got to get training for it. And keep learning everything you want. And get a mentor. Wow. A mentor will help you and guide you through the industry. It will help you.
0: Man, you know... Ladies and gentlemen, you heard you you heard her you heard her change herself completely. This is not somebody else. This is the same Stella <laughs> who I just see. I have a perfect example of when this accent thing works. This is fantastic. No, but true talk though. True talk though. Watch mm-hmm. YouTube and get into it. Is your yeah.
1: Advice. Learn as much as you can about the industry you want to get into because a, a mistake all of us made when we started was we just loved the industry. We're passionate. Oh, we want to act and we just entered. We didn't understand. What it would take to be a brand, Mm. what it would take to have PR around you, how it can affect your whole family, how your life will change totally once you're a household name. Your life belongs to everybody else.
0: Now they have a stake in in, in what happens to you and they can hide behind their computer. Exactly.
1: And tell you So, are you prepared for that kind of life? Giving Mm. up your own, you know, your liberties and all of that, you have to give it up. And then you have to get a mentor a lot of I like that. a lot I like of that us yeah about
0: the mentorship yeah. tell me more about that is that something that you've experienced yourself or like yeah. or where's that recommendation coming from
1: my experience mm. i had someone who i started going to after a while to help me you know, with navigating, not just the scripts that I had, but how to deal with people, certain types of people. And I noticed that I should have had this person earlier in my career because I had a lot of issues with people. I just didn't understand. I wasn't patient. Mm. I didn't understand how you would give me a call time for 8 a.m. I would be there at quarter to eight and everybody else is coming at 10. I didn't understand, you know, all of that. I didn't understand the mediocrity where we're supposed to be filming and be out of a place at 8 and at 7.30, we haven't finished the last scene because people are sitting around gisting and, you know, oh, those things used to irk me so much. And I'm like, this is not what I signed up for. So I used to have clashes with people. But then I had to learn mm. that is, people have different personalities. So you just have to, because if you keep fighting everybody, nobody will call you for work. That's true. So I had to learn that. And then when I realized the difference and how it helped my career, I realized that that's what these new actors need. So now I open. That's why it's another reason why I set up an Actors Playhouse because I have days where I say, "Okay, is we have to ask ask the coach? Yeah, that's a, a, a life that I do." So they come in with their questions. Some of them come and DM me or have a script. There's mm-hmm. this character. I have this in mind, but the director doesn't like it. He wants this. How do I talk to him? How do I balance it out? And it helps them. And and when I get the feedback and oh, because of you, I just got a role because I did what you told me to do. And I go a lot of them and it Makes it all worth it, it makes it for worth me. It. yeah. But, for sure. but that mentorship is very important.
0: So, since you went serious with us, we're, we're going to start rounding off the show, but we can't let you go until you go through our toilet seat conversations. Okay, that is that is everybody knows that's where most of the ideas come. You know, I always tell that Isaac Newton was under a tree. Okay, let me not just talk about it, <laughs> but the point is that ideas come from this place, and so, so l- let me ask you this then. This is your own, 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 own thing that we want to take with us. Mm-hmm. If it is possible, can you tell us? the most important thing that you've learned in your life and relationships. Mm. And and how we want to understand it is, you know, what was life like before you learned this? Mm-hmm. And what is life like after you learned this?
1: So two things. Um, the two words that I'm going to give you are things that I didn't have before. Mm. And I'll tell you how it affected me. So one, identity. Mm. Two, purpose. Before now, I... My identity to me was Stella the Actress. Mm. That's all I knew. So I identified myself based on my work. So when my work wasn't happening, I was frustrated. I was depressed because I felt I was a nobody Mm. outside of my work. I didn't realize that there was more to me than just the title actor. That affected me a lot. And that meant that anybody could sway me. Anybody could say stuff to me that would really hurt me deep down, and I would start to sink, mm. and I would start to hold back. That's deep. I recoil, you know. I'd, that that affected me. And then purpose, because I didn't understand the full meaning of the word. For me, I thought it was just a Christian thing. Yeah. I didn't realize that it's a general life thing that we're all here for a reason. Because when you ask people what's the meaning of life, mm. because you come here, you go to school, you get older, you get married, you have kids. You get older again, then you die.
0: <laughs> okay, that, that, that is very brutal in the yes. way you described it.
1: But, but, but unfortunately, but that's, that's what it is. Yeah. Some people don't even get a chance to grow old. You can't explain it. They just die mm. and they're good people. So in my head, I started asking myself, if deep down I feel that there's more, that means there's more to why I am here, which applies to everybody. So the question is, what am I doing here? Because, again, it's attached to identity. If I stop working or if my face is too old now, for instance, and they say, oh, other people have taken over. And not going to happen.
0: Not going to happen. But, yes,
1: happen, yeah. but, but <laughs> okay. if, what if I stop doing movies? Yeah. What else am I going to be doing here? Meaning I had to find out what I was supposed to be doing in the first place, what my purpose here was. Because I don't want to leave this world and be carrying all the things that I was supposed to have done. And I realized that purpose was not about me. Mm. It was about other people that I was supposed to impact and help with the gifts and the talents that God had given me. So before I knew what purpose was, I was living for me. Mm. And it was easy for me to fall in and out of depression, to fall in and out of frustration, get angry, just shut the world out and just, Mm. you know, that was my life before. But now... I'm in a place where I can confidently sit and say it's not about making films or the fame. It's about what I'm doing for normal everyday people. Yeah. It's about the women that I'm speaking for or speaking to or helping. It's about the platforms that I've created to give people an outlet to just pour out their hearts, and me coming in to see how I can help in my own little way, you know. And that gives me the drive to wake up every day because normally waking, getting out of bed is a drag sometimes. Mm, yeah, but for me. This morning, for instance, I had a video call that I had to do with a group of women, and I just told them, "I want to hear what's going on with you. I want to hear your hearts. Let's talk." They don't have that outlet, so they get angry, and I keep saying a lot of women are so burdened. That's why when any little thing happens, they explode on Instagram, they explode on social media, yeah. and it's a burden that they've been carrying. But if they had outlets that would, you know, enable them speak their hearts, yeah, who will reduce all this fight on Twitter, fight on that, fight on <laughs> that, you know? So. Identity and purpose are the two things that I've learned about my life that has changed me and is working for me. Wow. Yeah.
0: You heard it here, folks. I think those are the two things that folks should remember about Stella Damasus, mm-hmm. um, identity and purpose. And I think that's something that all of us you have. Come on. So so really, with that in mind then, how it's changing your life, what what idea mountain are you climbing right now? I mean, at this point, I'm like, <laughs> Stella, what? what you know you have to create a link tree or smart url you know those kind of things whereby we'll just go through people just click go to podcast (laughs) click go to astella click go to angel tv in ghana click go to youtube you have to create something like that so what's the next what's what's stella cooking what's what can you share with us
1: it's a lot oh my god okay so um i'm trying to build something
0: because we yeah. see it with their diva network it's yeah. like you're building this conglomerate now to bring everything under we see that company. how
1: did you know that <laughs> oh my you gosh know, we've
0: been looking we, we we are looking we can see it and I'm like hold oh on she's building something now that is going to bring all of this under an umbrella is that what it is, is it that is what it
1: is nice. it is that's what it is um, I'm doing things and I'm I'm Expanding, I'm doing it with more people now, having people in different parts of the world handle certain aspects of what I want to do and achieve. Um, I'm also trying to do something for African creatives mm-hmm. in the diaspora, um, because what I see is it's awards, award ceremonies that bring us together and everything. But I'm trying to do something beyond that that will give us a voice, because every day I sit in this country and I see that the Latinos have their own world have their own industry they support themselves yeah. indians the same thing chinese people Koreans, south Koreans. pretty much German everybody s- seems to have yeah, their but own but we don't mm. because whatever you see that's african content is from africa we don't have a voice here we don't have a stand here we don't have anything here so that can change and we have the numbers to do it
0: wow Wow, that's a big one. That's a mountain that you're climbing, right? That Idea Mountain. Yeah. That's a big one. That will unlock so much. Stella Damasus, I can't say thank you enough. This is one of... I know it's a long episode. If you've gotten to this point as you're listening, ladies and gentlemen, I'm saying thank you for coming with us in this journey because I think we've just... I think we've just uncovered your your (laughs) superwoman, Wonder Woman origin story, slash where we're going with this, and we are just blown away. So, what is it? Is it at Stella Damasus everywhere? Like
1: everywhere. I think it's only on um, Facebook that is Stella Damasus official.
0: That's a page. Please say it again because you have so many fake accounts that are using your name.
1: Yeah, Stella Damasus official. You must see the. Blue check mark is verified. Okay. Yeah. So that's the only one that's different. Every other thing is at Stella Damasus. Mm, mm.
0: That is. I, I'm. I'm like. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's don't forget to plush podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We've been speaking with. At this point you now understand why I gave her all those mentions and they are real you know from ceo to boss lady to share lady to entrepreneur to producer podcaster videographer director pro- uh, see as far as we're concerned, you you are you are the real life superwoman. Hmm. You're, you're the real life superwoman right here, and we want to thank uh, you for coming thank on the you. show. Thank you, thank you for having us, and and that's why we had to we had to fly out to Dallas and do this in person <laughs> so that we can see you. So, ladies and gentlemen, it's been don't forget to flush podcast. Follow us on social media at don't forget to flush, which is the number one and number two. I'm on Instagram, on Twitter. We has a P at the end because somebody took the name already, and send us an email. Tell us what you think. Tell us about the season. Don't forget to flush. pod pod at gmail.com and you find all that detail in our description. Stella, in fact, we have to go we're gonna let's go and buy you drink. Let's (laughs) we have to go buy you drink. We gotta go hang out. We gotta keep this conversation going. Can't wait for you to come on the next one. Thank you. Folks, thank you for listening and um catch you all soon um on the next episode of Don't Forget to Flush podcast. Thank you. Let's go. Drinks on us right now. This is this is what it is.